Today, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. And in our Tube Talk, we're going to be talking about Castlevania. So stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. I'm here with Matt, Kill Mode Engaged, hey. <laughs> Kill Mode Engaged. Yeah. You have to explain that to me momentarily. But everybody, I'm here with Joel still working on that Conbod Cunningham. <laughs> it's getting there, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. You can you've noticed You're you basically just, ripped. You haven't said anything because it's looking so awesome. I wanted to Not save it, it for look. this recording. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's always it's always good to hear good feedback when you're working on yourself. Yep. It's always nice and positive. The kill mode is from Spider Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kill right. That was so yeah. funny. That was like one of the funniest parts to me. There there was a couple of really good funny parts. Yeah, there was, was a couple of good things. Yeah. yeah, kill mode engage and then interrogation mode. That was pretty funny as yeah. well. Yeah, was good. Was good. Yeah, so welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Uh, yeah, we're super excited and happy to have you here. And uh, happy this... Hogan to have you here. <laughs> happy Hogan. What? Is... Ah, happy yeah, Hogan. Yep. Yeah. See, now you're throwing a curveball for me. <laughs> so uh, with the podcast here, what we like to do is uh, Matt and I have a bit of a different deferring perspectives on films and television and uh matt has tends to have a bit more of a fan type perspective to be more right to be more (laughs) i don't know if right's the best word okay sorry sorry, yeah yeah. but uh definitely more of like a fan perspective of things and i tend to be a bit more of a critic's edge and critical of breaking down different projects and films and television and so we combine those to give you what we believe is a real perspective yeah right matt i agree with that yes so why don't you give the listeners some ways to get connected here at the get-go yeah, y'all, you can get connected with us at uh, facebook.com slash realreviewmedia, also Instagram and Twitter at realreviewmedia. You can also find us on our website, realreviewmedia.com, and uh, reach out to us at our email, realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Again, that's real spelled R-E-E-L, as in movie reel, fishing reel, however you see fit to remember that. Um, and that's, that's what you can do. We always got stuff posted up on there. Uh, again, send us questions, uh, and actually right now too, for, uh, television, what's some new television, some newer television that you've seen recently that you think that we should check out? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's not much out there right now. Yeah. I mean, we're getting ready to gear up for a couple things, but, but right now it's kind of like no man's land, wasteland, Mad Max Fury Road, like (laughs) kind of a thing. So kind of eagerly watching Netflix and seeing what drops and like, try it out. Give yeah. it a shot. So yeah, exactly. Did you say Facebook? By the way, no Facebook. It sounded like you said Facebook. Like, like the, a like, like a, a razor pen. or like a pen or like a oh, razor. Yeah. yeah, the big makes razors, right? I don't know. <laughs> I flat out don't know. I can I can do for a some Google reason I feel like Bic makes razors. I gotta figure that out. We'll figure it out later. Yeah, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> so uh, with this uh, review episode, like I mentioned, we're going to be reviewing Spider Man Homecoming, and we're going to divide this into two parts. Uh, first half here is going to be kind of the spoiler spoil less review. It's going to be no spoilers. Or Called the, part one. Yes, part one, or the <laughs> best the best that we can do to not include any spoilers. And then the second half, we will give a very clear disclaimer of spoiler warnings, and right. we'll move into that. There'll be like a foghorn, and you'll know. I don't want to do that. <laughs> we'll see what if happens. If you have a foghorn, we could give it a shot. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Awesome. So with that being said, Matt... Why don't we then get into our Spider-Man Homecoming review? Let's do this. Would you like to start us off by giving us a brief rundown 
of the film, or would you like me to? Yeah, you can go ahead and give the rundown on that <laughs> okay, real quick. Fine, I will do so. Fine, <laughs> kill mode engaged, Matt. Kill mode engaged. <laughs> All right, so uh, this film's a synopsis for this is Peter Parker, with the help of his mentor Tony Stark, tries to balance his life as an ordinary high school student in New York City while fighting crime as a superhero alter ego Spider-Man when a new threat emerges. Um, this film was directed by John Watts. It stars Tom Holland, Michael Keaton, Robert Downey Jr., Marissa Tomei, John Favreau. Yep. Right? Last time I said Favre. Favre. Favreau. 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 Uh, Zendaya, Donald Glover, Jacob Batalon, a bunch of different folks, and even uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Makes yeah. A bit of a cameo there, which yeah. was actually pretty surprising to me. Yeah. I knew she was cast, but it had flipped. Like floated my mind. It's been so long since yeah. she's been in one of these films. I know it's been and crazy. And when she popped up, I was like, "Oh, hey, you're in these." Yeah, yeah. Because I think they actually did one. She ep- showed up, made fifty grand. I was yeah. like, "All right, I'm good." <laughs> I'm trying to remember which movie it was where she was like in it but not in it, where they're constantly talking about her, but she never actually makes an appearance in the entire movie. That was um, which uh, one was that? So no, was Ultron. It was Ultron. Ultron. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they talk about her a bunch, but she never yeah. shows up. They were talking about her and um, like. I just said I was just thinking Padme, but what, Padme. what's her Natalie Portman's character? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Thor's yeah, uh, Jane, Thor. Jane, Jane, yeah, something. Jane, yeah. the romantic interest Jane, who's also kind of disappeared at this point, right? So. And that's why they were talking about it because they both weren't in it. And they were right? Like, yeah, she's off doing like world peace things or something. I don't know. There you go. So, uh, Matt, why don't you give us some initial thoughts on this film? Yeah, man. So I really like this movie. Okay. I will say that. Um, I didn't love it, but I really, really liked it. Yeah. Which, um, it's it's getting really good reviews. Yeah. Everybody, it's like 92% critics and yeah. 93% fans are opposite that. I will say that I Flip that, yeah. I did love how it started. I loved how it started. Okay. Um, what in particular? Just the way they started out. It, it was basically, they started out in like found footage format where it's all taking the place, yeah. taking place on Peter's like cell phone camera and yeah. he's documenting this like, you know, like, you know, being and hanging out with like Tony Stark and like doing all these things. Yeah. And there's an extended clip on YouTube that came out a couple months ago that they kind of released to promote it when he gets his suit and he's like, what, what is this? And he's like freaking out. And like, <laughs> it was, I think it's, what's great about this movie is Tom Holland and his portrayal of the character Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. The, it's, it's, it's different than anything that we've seen as far as Spider-Man is concerned. It's very much like, not high stakes, like yeah. you could, you know, not like you what you would get from a typical Marvel movie. Yeah, like half the time he's getting hit, and he's like, "Whoa, I just got you! Whoa, you like knocked me back with right. that laser gun!" Like he's never even really reacting <laughs> right. the way you would expect most people to. He's like figuring it out. He's yeah. uh, he's almost like he's not serious. He's not like what I liked about it, and I liked because it was so different is because he's like Spider Boy, yeah, and he's like trying to become Spider Man, Spider Boy, yeah. You know, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think his representation of Spider-Man was um, on par. Yeah, I wouldn't say that he's at this point done anything. I think he's probably better than Tobey Maguire. I never really had with Tobey Maguire's portrayal of Spider-Man. I just I'm not a big Tobey Maguire fan. It's it was that dance scene look. in the third one, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think that, like, that might actually spoil a lot of it, to be honest. But, no, it was more just his demeanor was kind of this mopey Spider-Man at yeah. times. Whereas I really liked Andrew Garfield's take on it, which mm-hmm. was kind of this fun, uh, at times larger than life, almost kinetic, almost like uh, Shia LaBeouf at times. Not quite as crazy. Not anywhere near. Maybe like a shade of that. Just do it. Yeah, but he had like an energy and enthusiasm for the role and an excitement, whereas Tobey Maguire was more like 
in comparison to kind of a mopey Spider-Man. Yeah. He was like, well, I'm Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. Everybody so shouts. He's Tom Holland, I feel like, is like, he's got that innocence and the naivety of being a, a younger yeah. kid. He's definitely um, the youngest iteration. Discovering his powers. Yeah. And I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it overall. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're but, fine. No, I, I really, I enjoyed that aspect of it a lot. It's something different. And in, and the one thing I will say, this, this is not spoiler heavy, but just don't go into, this is not spoiler at all, but don't go into it thinking it's an action film like the others iterations where it's, it's, it's got action elements and it yeah. does have a few good action like scenes, but it's more of a, like a high school comedy with yeah. action in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, this is almost, I felt like more of a dramedy almost right. at times with action elements thrown in. So the one thing I really loved about it, again, going back to just Tom Holland's portrayal of Spider-Man is I found him just really endearing in his innocence and his naivety towards things. Yeah. So, um, and like I was saying, with with the humor, I wasn't like busting a gut laughing, but I what I was what I was doing the whole movie, I found myself just grinning. Like yeah. I was just grinning the whole movie. Okay. Like and I, I was just and found enjoyment in his character and his portrayal. There's there's a hilarious scene though. I thought it was really funny. I kind of saw it coming. It was telegraphed a little bit. He's he's locked in a room and and you know whatever, and um, <laughs> he. Uh, and he says something and just that whole sequence of events up till that part, I was like, that's, that's okay. That's funny. That makes a lot of sense. And there's yeah. a lot of little things like that. He's, he's really just trying to figure out life. Like he's just as concerned with like stopping bad guys as he is with trying to like, you know, impress girls and, and be with the people, you yeah. know, in his high yeah. school and he's, his high school friends are, yeah. they're nerds, Star Wars nerds. So yeah. I give him that credit as well. But I just, I don't know. I was, it was a grinning movie for me. Like I was just kind of like, oh, this is good. It makes me smile. The <laughs> movie. So I should say now, as we're getting into the film, we're talking about good stuff here and I don't want to get too into it, but I, I think I didn't like it as much as I was hoping. Mm -hmm. There was definitely a lot of good aspects to it, especially in regard to kind of, I think Spider-Man's portrayal, right. his personality and things like that. But one of the things that really didn't land for me very often, which maybe this is a bit of a difference between the two of us is. Uh, the humor was very often, like, I think you even kind of said, though, it was very telegraphed for me. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of times where I was like, okay, that's what they're going to say. And they would say that. And, yeah. oh, okay, that's what they're going to do. And then they would do that. And that got kind of old for me after a while because after enough of that, you start to feel like it's really forced. Mm -hmm. They're, like, trying to make humor happen instead of it naturally coming out at these different moments. And I, I think there was definitely a couple moments where it was, like, caught me off guard. Yeah. It was, like, a little bit, like, oh, that's kind of funny because yeah. it caught me off guard. Um but at a certain point, I, I was also just like a little bit like, meh. When I did my review of Guardians 2, yeah. one of the things I said was I thought it was really funny, but I felt like there were several times where I felt like they overplayed the humor. Yeah. I felt like that, that a little bit in this too. Like there was just like, they were just trying to throw jokes at you. It's, and it is just like, okay, exactly. it's not working right now. You need to just let it happen organically as opposed to just trying to throw funny lines at me all the time. Yeah. I, I think a good example was the character Flash. That was yeah. it, that every time he saw Peter, he had to say yeah his you know, joke or his whatever. joke. And I was like, after a certain amount of time, I'm like, okay, it was kind of funny the first time because it was unexpected. Mm -hmm. But now this is like the fifteenth time. Right. It's like, can't you come up with like a new nickname? Can't you come up with like a more clever way for Flash to insult him? And it's like, yeah, the character's supposed to be an idiot, but even still, it just it, the humor didn't come across after a certain point. That's just one example. I didn't yeah. find. I don't want to go too far into the negatives because we're getting there now, but uh, I didn't find Ned's character, so it's kind of like sidekick character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I laughed maybe one time yeah. at any... I felt like 
all of his reactions, he was kind of there to bounce things off of like right, this right, crazy right. situation. Every single one of his reaction, reactions was very obvious. Yeah. It was very much like, okay, well now he's going to freak out because he shot the web slinger. Now yeah, he's yeah. going to freak out because Peter's there. Now he's going to freak out because, you know, he got saved. It, it, everything that was happening, I was like, okay, that's very obvious. That's very obvious. The moments that I laughed the most were probably the individual like moments with Spider-Man. Yeah. Like Tom Holland just kind of reacting to things and reacting off things. I felt like all those were cleverish yeah. at times and kind of fun. And I think as well, the playfulness between him, uh, one thing that got a little bit old was the the, the play between him and Hop, Happy yeah. and Tony Stark's character. It's like after a certain point, you kind of realize that he's becoming this nuisance to them. Right. You don't have to keep playing that card that, look, he's, ha ha, he's this nuisance to both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were still some interactions though that happened at times, I think, with like him and Tony Stark that I did laugh at yeah. and I did think were funny. So it wasn't a complete failure in mm-hmm. a train wreck when it came to the humor, but it wasn't as endearing and as fun and as uh, enjoyable as I would say some of the other Marvel's Marvel yeah. films have been like Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. for example or even like the first Avengers yeah you know I did um, I did like it more than I was going into anticipating but I didn't love it like I wanted to as yeah. well but I, I did I did find myself enjoying it you know a little bit more than you know kind of like what we talked about last week how you know, our anticipation level was kind of like medium for yeah. this movie for some reason. Yeah. And I did, I did know exactly how the story played out because of the trailers. It did yeah. lay it out basically beat by beat, you know, the ramifications of, you know, uh, Tony Stark taking a suit away and how that played into the part in the trailer where he right. doesn't have a suit, you know, it's, and, yeah. and it's very, that part was like, okay, they gave way too much of that stuff away. I will say this, Michael Keaton, I love Michael Keaton. I did like him a lot in this movie. I loved his backstory and it was really cool. I will say this. What was really cool is how they tied this into not just Civil War, but the very first Avengers movie. Mm. Um, basically, that's kind of where... Kind of picks up right at the Right, right. And I was yeah. like, that is cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, I guess technically that's how the movie really started out um, before the little found footage part. But yeah. um, the... That part I did really enjoy. You kind of get a sense of, you know, why Michael Keaton is the way that he is. Um, See, I didn't think that they went far enough with that. Okay. I felt like Michael Keaton's persona in that situation was very, yeah, a little bit rough around the edges, kind of does what he needs, like blue collar type persona, but not to the extent where he was literally willing to like start selling weapons to what would basically be hurt people and kill right. people. Right. So my you know? interpretation was that was there was an eight year gap where he eventually got there. Right. But that's, that's poor. That's very bad to me in a way because I don't know that progression. I don't understand that progression. Right. I've never seen it. So I'm just sort of just supposed to take it for granted that or somewhere along the way. just take it for way, as it is that something happened. Yeah. All and it didn't make sense to me either that these guys who are basically blue collar workers, I mean, they kind of hinted at it, but are able to figure out this like, super advanced alien technology that like barely even Tony Stark has been able to at times fully take advantage of and figure out how to implement as best as as best as they can and they're doing things with it that nobody else has ever done none of these people even went in my opinion, probably to college right. and figured out like they don't have engineering degrees. They don't have like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, particle physics degrees or anything like that. And like these guys are figuring out how to, you know, figure out 
velocity and it, I, I don't know i just that that was very disconnected science man it would be it would have made more sense if he had like hired a guy and brought a guy in that was like super intelligent and knew this stuff and they didn't know any of the tech and maybe that was kind of like a contentious point yeah. between them but it was just one of the guys that worked for him that just kind of happened to really like tech stuff it was the same thing with ned and right. being like a computer hacker you know i didn't understand like where are you and that's the the constant feeling i got with a lot of these elements and this is like one of the negatives i want to talk about some of the positives again real quick because i'm just bashing on a lot but <laughs> I really felt like with this story, it wouldn't have worked without the support of the Marvel Universe as a whole, Mm -hmm. and especially without the support of the prior existing knowledge base of Spider-Man. Yeah. And- on some on some aspects of that, I'm like okay, like I, I didn't necessarily need to get like a whole another origin story, yeah, origin yeah. story for Spider-Man and figuring out how he's getting there. But they didn't even like they barely even mentioned once any aspect of Spider-Man being impacted by the loss of his uncle Ben, right? Which is a huge and I mean in the 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 comic book lore mm-hmm. and even as just like a motivator for a character in general, the loss of a loved one can be a hugely impacting and motivational thing. But right. they barely even touched on it, and it's not even like it wasn't even like his feelings about it. It was more like how it's impacted Aunt May, yeah. someone that's connected yeah. to him. And I felt like that was a loss. I felt like that was a really like oversimplification of his character because that could have given him motivation, which it has in prior films. Right. It's shown him as being somebody that will go to these extreme lengths because of the impact of the loss right. of Uncle Ben and what he taught him and what he instilled in him. And so it was very flat in that regard. And I didn't really feel like I was getting... Like, if I didn't know this Spider-Man character from anything else, I would have just been like, why is he doing this and why is that? Why does he have these web launchers? How is he able to climb walls? I didn't, like I said, I didn't need the whole origin story. We've seen that already. I know, but I needed some, I needed some motivational cues because this is a brand new Spider-Man on a brand new adventure, brand new, obviously, like, and that was another thing I wasn't super excited about. I mean, they, they remade all the characters, some of them with the same names as other characters, but with like a completely different style and feel and tone. And I'm not even talking about the whole diverse diversity right, 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 thing. Right. I, like even Mary Jane. Well, I don't want to go too far into talking about that. Cause that's kind of spoiler territory, but I, I will just say like the best example I can say, and we talked about this during the coming soon is uh, aunt may. Mm-hmm. And the fact that everybody just called her may, like, yeah. may, 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 may. And she's like this attractive girl that like everybody's hitting on and she's flirting and she's cursing and she's, you know, doing, and I, I was like, I, I don't, who are you? You might as well just be like Aunt Suzette. Like you're not Aunt May, and why are you using the name? And that that's kind of insulting. To me. So this well, the reason it's insulting, uh, and I'll, I'll end, and we can move on to the good stuff. Wow, yeah, this really bothered upset. you, yeah. The reason I got, I got upset is because you're you're relying on a pre-existing knowledge of a of another comic book series of another you know series of films to connect me with this character, but then you're giving me nothing that is similar to a prior form of that character to connect with. So it's like you're simultaneously, it's like you're trying to have your cake and eat too. You're trying to say, look, it's AMA, but nope, it's not AMA. It's like, I don't get that. I don't get why that's fun and exciting and interesting to people or to them to do. I'm like, create a new, create a new aunt. Like I said, create an aunt Suzette and I'm fine with you making her this girl that, you know, Spider-Man is, you know, or his aunt, like, you know, Tony Stark is hitting on. Yeah. So good things. Or did you have a question? No, I was just, I was going to say, I, I didn't mind any of that stuff actually. (laughs) All the stuff that was really bothering you, I thought. I would, I should also forewarn people. I probably have a much, like, I'm probably going to get some flack for like how negatively I kind of view the film. No, that's okay. So I, I saw it as like, you know, yeah, we didn't need to see, I, I really did not feel like we needed to see an origin story again. We just right. saw that with 
you know, Tobey Maguire, we just saw with Andrew Garfield. There's a lot of implied stuff that right. happens that we didn't get to see. Yeah, right. there's some of that background, but I feel like I even carried some of that emotional away. I know that Uncle Ben died, you right. know, like that kind of a thing. I don't need to see that again. A great again example to get of it, it, though, is like Thor. Right? right. The very beginning of the film, you see he's kind of like this haphazard, like he just kind of runs around, does whatever he wants. He's kind war, of a jerk. You know, jerk. And then the results of that is that he's thrown out. He has his powers that are taken away. And so you see the repercussions of his attitude and the things that have happened in, you know, a buildup that's yeah. built to a certain point where Spider-Man, we're kind of just like, you're a Spider-Man and he's yeah. kind of just like doing his thing and it's very flat right. because I'm like, there's no arc there. There's no like build up from a prior. It's like, <laughs> so just that, that well, was the felt, the feeling that I had. I was like, give me a little, like what has right. happened in the past has an impact. And the only way I can say that that's done in the script is because of his, his event, the events with the, um, with the Avengers yeah. and Tony Stark. Yeah. And that's such a minor thing though. Right. I mean, he, he looked like such a, like a, a wuss because he's like, I just want to make Tony happy yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. and happy, happy. You know? I mean, he's 15. So that's kind of the thing in there. I was like, I was like ah he's 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 that's why i thought it was so different i, I really know, thought but, it was unique and i liked it but he, that's my point like do you need a 15 year old spider-man i'd rather not in that sense if you're going to do it this way i'd rather not have a 15 year old spider-man i understand why they did it yeah because they're trying to bring him in at a young age hey you and, know what would be a really good idea if you want to feel better about this is just go back and watch the other spider-man movies I, see like, i really like the first two spider-man movies i like spider-man one and two i didn't yeah spider-man three was horrible but that was a lot of that was studio and I think yeah just you know way did they try to put that together way too quick and i think one and two i really liked the characters i just didn't like the stories i thought amazing spider-man was okay yeah um anyway so back to back to homecoming i mean what were some of the the more of the goods that you the goods okay Okay. Special effects, rock solid. I felt like everything felt very real and very uh, tangible, connectable and relatable. I didn't feel like anything took me out of the movie as far as the VFX goes. Um, I will say that there was some shots that felt a little bit um, disjointed with the editing, but um, overall, I think the editing was decent. I think they, they played it. There were some shots that would like jump right. Like it felt like I needed like a frame or two more right. of either an action closing off or starting up. So it felt a little bit rushed in that sense. Um, the music I really liked. Mm-hmm. I think even in the very beginning, you can hear that it's kind of like a play off of the original Spider-Man theme. I don't know if a lot of people caught that or anything, but it yeah. was like it was like a little bit of a play off the original Spider-Man theme, which was kind of cool to me. Right. Um, I thought that was good. I thought, as far as acting goes, Tom Holland did a great job mm-hmm. in the role, and I thought um, most of the people did a decent job. Um, other than that, though, that's kind of, I mean, the biggest things. I it, it, I really liked Spider-Man. I was cool to see him on screen again and see him doing these adventures. I liked that they didn't go too heavy into, like, mopey territory, yeah. which, like, they did with a lot of the prior versions of, like, this kind of, like... But that's part of the reason, reason that I like Spider-Man. I feel like out of a lot of the Marvel characters, he is, in a way, the most relatable yeah. Because he was just a normal guy yeah. that had this crazy set of circumstances kind of thrust on him. Whereas, you know, a lot of the other Marvel kids, like Thor, Hulk, like, you know, yeah. like I have no relatability to any of those guys. And you could say maybe Tony Stark is. You but sure, this, are you like, sure you don't have any relatability character. to like Thor, you know? Yeah, or, well, with my con Yeah, yeah, con exactly. <laughs> closer and closer to relating to him. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, those are some good things. Did you have any positives outside of what I had mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I already talked about uh, a lot of it. Again, I just kind of had that like smiley. Oh, this is fun. It was yeah. the the biggest negative for me. Yeah. was the stakes weren't very high um, with the villain. I felt like right. Um, I thought some of the stuff was cool with the villain, but I didn't think I didn't think it felt. 
it didn't leave me with that feeling of like, oh my gosh, we got to get this figured out. He's got to beat him. You know, I hope this happens. I was yeah. kind of just like, what's going to happen? You know, like what's happening with this? Yeah. How is this going to, yeah. I was curious as to how it was in, but I didn't feel a sense of urgency. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. Or, right. I and, think, or a sense of, there was a certain amount of intensity that wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I did like uh, some of the elements. There, there was a twist in there that I feel, looking back on it, I should have seen, but I was surprised I when it happened. That actually got me too. Oh, it did? Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. I couldn't yeah. even think about that. But we can talk about that in the spoiler section. That so, actually is what elevated this film up from being like a low C to me. Really? I was actually going to rate it like a like a C minus kind okay. of range. But it gave me a, because that re-engaged me into the story. Right. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of a cool thing that they've been like building on. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. I didn't see it coming. So anyways, um, but with, uh, I mean, with that, yeah, I felt like the stakes weren't very high. I didn't feel like there wasn't, a, it was a level of intensity that wasn't there. Um, I think, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying. And then Sorry. also, um, I love Donald Glover's character, but he wasn't even like a big character. He no. was just like, he was the guy that like, <laughs> there's a scene with him where he totally shuts like Peter Parker down. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I love that scene. I like that scene too. <laughs> I didn't understand why it had to be Donald Glover. Like it could have been any. It could have been any guy. Yeah. I, I, the problem is, is I know Donald Glover so strongly from like community yeah. and stuff. And then he's also doing the rapping thing. In Atlanta. Yeah. In Atlanta. I, I would have almost, it would have been easier for me to kind of just disconnect from that moment if it hadn't been Donald Glover. Cause I'm like, oh, look, it's Donald Glover. And that's not really his fault, I would right. say necessarily, or like even the movie's fault, yeah. but it was a bit questionable yeah. at that moment. Like, I'm just like, hire some random bloke that I don't even know. Yeah. It was such a minor role. You didn't need Donald Glover to be there for that. I like seeing him that too, because I, whenever I think of Donald Glover, I know he's in Atlanta, he's a little different in that, but I, like you said, I think of community. I think of him being Troy. I think of him being just outrageous. Yeah. And, and he was not outrageous. He was pretty much just like a chill dude. Very flat. And, but like but just like told, sarcastic. yeah, it was, yeah. and it was great. Like his interaction with, with Peter was fantastic. But, um, yeah, yeah for me, I, uh, that was the biggest negative was just the, the lack of intensity, uh, sense of urgency. I don't felt like was, was there. Yeah. Even, even at the end, I was like, it's was like, funny. Cause mm. I'm, I was fine with that. Really? Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree that the stakes weren't as big. Yeah. I was fine with the stakes not being as big because they're trying to make it more about connecting with like this. Well, Spider-Man okay. Character. So let me clarify. Cause I, I, I agree. I like that the stakes in the movie as a whole, um, weren't huge. It wasn't a world changing, like a world ending event that he had to save, you know, everybody from, right. you know, right. it was something t- small. I did like the small scale of that. What I'm saying is more of in the action sequences. I didn't feel like there was, it was very intense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was in, in the directorial style or if that was just because of the way it was filmed and edited. I can't really put my finger on it, but I felt like the, the action was just kind of like, Okay, he dodged it. Okay, cool. Punched him. Yeah. Okay, we you know. There was something know. about to me the high school setting as well that made it feel like like with the first iterations of the films, I felt like people could die and would die. Yeah. And there was there was high stakes. But because this was taking place really in a high schoolish setting, and maybe it's just the way Marvel treats this kind of stuff, I never really felt like there was a semblance of anybody actually like dying. You know what I yeah. mean? And those because of that and Obviously, you know, there is some death in the film and yeah, but those are minor characters that I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to spoil anything right, right, here, right, right, but right. like, but that, that didn't give me any realistic stakes. Cause it more just felt like is Spider-Man going to be able to prove himself to a person, right? which that's such a, that can take on a lot of depth 
when you have a proper backstory, when you know why that motivation is there and what they're trying to accomplish. But instead, it just ended up feeling like this like young kid who's trying to prove himself yeah. to somebody else. And that so there just wasn't stakes in that for me. I never felt like I said it, that, that it was going to result in anybody like dying or any like really bad sadness or mourning. It's more just like, is he going to be able to prove himself or not? And right. it wasn't even like his powers were going to go away if he didn't prove himself. It was yeah. more just like, well, then he's just not going to be able to hang out with the cool kids. Yeah. You know, so yeah. to me, it's like, okay, I gotcha, I guess. <laughs> okay. So um, with that, do you want to move into the spoiler territory? Yeah. Let's give, let's, our, let's give tr- our final review. Let's give, let's give our review now. Yep. Yeah. Actually, so I'm curious for you. I want you to go first. I gave this movie a 79. Okay. C plus. Okay. So. I'm going 88. 88. Yeah. Yeah. A whole letter grade higher, basically. Yeah. So we're going <laughs> to duke it out, folks, I yeah. guess, a little bit, uh, somewhat in the next section. So uh, if you are not wanting to have anything spoiled for you when it comes to Spider-Man, then uh, go ahead and turn the podcast Spoiler warning. Yeah, although we do have the tube talk coming up in a bit, so maybe jump forward by a good like 10 minutes or so. And yeah. We'll be into the tube talk. So five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers. Spoilers. And Spider-Man dies. Yes. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's always our thing now. Yeah, that's always our thing. Yeah. So- on a spoiler level, I, there's some aspects that we kind of shied away from. So, okay, first of all, because you yeah. mentioned something, it seems like you are, if it's not as true to the comics as you want it to be, you're just not going to like it. No. I will say- With Aunt May and the Mary Jane thing. Yeah. So the Mary Jane thing, I'll get into I'll get into both of those. So I'll approach it the way that you presented it. <laughs> Aunt May, I was really just ticked off because there was no, and this is the this is the how it was with a lot of the elements of the story. There was no reason to change things beyond the fact that they just feel like, well, we want to try something new or different. Right. There wasn't no. I don't know anybody out there that was like, well, I'm really tired of this Aunt May character. She's just really bland to me. <laughs> so we should really change her. Like nobody's getting ticked off at Aunt May being who she was in the original story. And so they're like, we're just going to change things. And I, I'm not somebody that's like given to being absolutely negative with change, good or bad. Right. But there has to be a reason for that. And there was no real reason in the story for why she had to be an attractive, hot Aunt May. It didn't add anything to the story. If anything, it took stuff away because it made her relationship with Peter feel strange and feel strained to me, feel a little bit different. It felt like more like a, I don't know, it like, I don't know, just it felt like a different thing, a different beast to me. And I haven't really defined that yet. So I don't want to go into too much detail there. But I would say the same thing with MJ. And this is just... uh, Again, this has nothing to do with the whole like div- diversification and trying to create like cast. Well, her name's different... not even Mary Jane. But that's the point. And they, they, I've read into this and kind of why they did that because at the end of the film, and I knew that she had something. I knew that there was some aspect to her character because she kept popping up. I liked her quirkiness, times. by the way. <laughs> I, th- I didn't. I, I thought, thought was... she was really annoying, to be honest. It was, I, 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 I was like, she seemed like she would be a, um, like a, what do you call that? Like a person that wears like the heavy makeup and like the, the dark, like the dark dark shadow right, and like right, the right. leather and like she seemed like a modern day version of that hot topic yeah like a hot topic chopper like she seemed like she's <laughs> that but like set in her modern era and i'm like i don't really care about the fact that you enjoy these people suffering around you that you like to give snide sarcastic comments to the people that wasn't like as a as a i didn't see it as that way either i i saw it as her like that's how she's trying to like hang around peter that's literally what i saw but she does that with everybody and in every situation. Like even the example, of like when she's interacting with the uh, the guy, the the when she's in the, uh, when the, the what do they call it? 
when you get the after detention. school detention. Yeah. And the guy's like, why are you even here? And she's like, oh, I like to just draw people that are in like the midst of suffering. And right. she like shows his photo. Like she approaches that about everything. And that's not funny to me. Like I didn't, I didn't find that like endearing yeah. or humorous. I'm sorry. Maybe if your personality is more like that, did you do find that endearing or funny? But then they go with this whole twist of like, no, she's actually MJ. But she's not like, and then I read into this, like I said, she's not. The like they're saying that she's a, a reinterpretation right. of Mary Jean Watson, right? And I'm like, why? Why not just there's... make her a completely disassociated, disconnected character? Why do you have to play off of this concept and idea of another character that I already know that I really liked from the pre-existing? That's series? why she's not Mary Jane, though. But she's that's what they're but they're saying she's MJ. <laughs> so they're trying her name is to Michelle have, Joel again, again. They're trying to have their cake <laughs> and eat it too. They and like it just cake. I like cake. I like cake. Everybody likes cake. If I had cake, I would want to eat it as well. Yeah, it's a, t- you know, <laughs> it's a saying. It's a saying, Matt. I know. I understand. Kanban. So the whole, <laughs> the whole premise of those aspects of like, let's just change things to change things to be different. It can work for me. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with it in and of itself, but there has to be motivation and understandability to like why that, that change is being made in the story. If it's going to be something that, is and we're going to talk about this later when we talk about Castlevania and stuff. It's like I don't feel like just by adding like different elements to a character and, and trying to like update them and make them a bit more modern in a sense um, by like completely changing around their personality in any way like reconnects me to the character. Right. Maybe that reconnects people that weren't, or maybe that connects people that weren't already interested in the character. But I would much, much, much rather people just present a new character in its entirety than me having to like undergo some like rethink in my brain of like who that character is supposed to be you know sure and again this has nothing to do with the diversity see i was just like i don't know maybe i just went into it just super open just willing to accept anything like i wasn't like expecting any characters to be if she really added something to the story by being that way then i would have been like okay well maybe i can get behind this new interpretation of mary jane but as it was she was there to just kind of add like a bit of weird humor at times yeah which didn't really hit for me and then it really didn't, you could have completely taken it out of the script and it wouldn't have changed anything. Right. Nothing. Nothing about it would have changed at all for So me. they already got two you know? sequels planned. Yeah. And I'm sure she'll be a much bigger part. I mean, they wouldn't have introduced her the way that I, the way that they did if she wasn't going to be a big part right. of the Spider-Man universe going forward. Um, I'm not necessarily excited to see what they do with her going forward because now I'm just kind of like, well, it feels like it feels like going forward they're going to be doing everything they can to like take what you already know about the series and try and change it into something entirely different. Right. Like I'm almost fearful what they're going to try and do with the Hobgoblin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like the Green Goblin or something like that. It's oh, like, hey, remember Nacho? Nacho was in this thing. Yeah, he was in this. Thing, I was yeah, like, oh, briefly. hey, Nacho. Yeah. <laughs> Nacho I was like, Brent, hey, he's so Better good. Call Saul. But, yeah. yeah. So I I also think there was no re- and one of the things that ticked me off about the end of the movie in particular is the whole reveal of Spider Man being no aunt may knowing who spider-man was right and the way that it just like drops that like drop the f-bomb but then like dropped the drop the f-bomb you know what i mean the way it cut off right before there i think the funniest part of the movie to me actually were those all those ridiculous captain america clips those were funny those were like the funniest things i don't know if you stayed through the all the way yeah but like that i thought those were like perfect and those were hilarious and that fit his character like i got it it's like that's captain america and he would do stupid stuff like that and he would be in these videos and i like how people like you know this guy might be like a terrorist now he's like but it's mandated by the state to show you yeah i thought that was funny i thought that was pretty humorous and like i really enjoyed that um i think the best moment of the film to me the moment that i was probably the most connected to it the two moments were one with the big twist and reveal 
of um, Liz's father being Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, the, you know, the villain. Right. I thought that was cool. That was a bit unexpected for me. And yeah. then I thought the other big moment that I really did enjoy because it had a semblance of depth and impact and like going somewhere was the final like not face off if you will but the 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 big build up and breakdown of the relationship between Tony Stark and Spider-Man. Right. Like when he goes and he does the thing on the boat and Spider-Man yeah. and Tony Stark comes in and saves him as Iron Man. I thought that there the relationship dynamics there and the tension and the back right. and forth thing felt like something. There was like stakes yeah. there that were you know the relationship was being broken. Right. And that felt like something to me and that was like my favorite kind of of the whole movie. But there wasn't even one like Six months from now, I'm not going to remember back to like a big action set piece right. and be like, oh, that was really cool. That action thing happened. You know? No, it's not. And that's that's kind of the intensity of the action thing that I felt like I was underwhelmed with. Yeah. Um, the, the parts I really like, and I mentioned this earlier, the part at the very beginning with um, Michael Keaton and like that took place right after the first Avengers film. And you see that like that giant alien monster ship thing that's yeah. like laying on the ground. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, that was cool. I thought that was cool. And then you see the little video of him like... All the events that happen where Spider-Man shows up in Captain America Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, behind, oh, look, there, there they are right there. It's some other new guy. I don't know who that is. Yeah. But then you see him like, you hear Tony say, under Ruse, and he goes, oh, got to go. And then he jumps over and, and goes, yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like those little connections. Yeah. Um, like a, but, good, a good example of me where it like never even hit what the heights of where it, it could have or should have in my mind was the relationship that he had with Liz, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like attracted to this girl and she just likes him for reasons. She's just because he's who he is. She likes him, which I mean, in a way is maybe kind of high schoolish. Yeah. But I don't know about you, but there wasn't a lot of senior girls that would somehow be attracted to like a sophomore boy unless there was like a really good reason for it. Right, right, you know? right, right. Um, but she's attracted to him for reasons. And then he keeps basically ditching her, like basically blowing her off. I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, if a senior girl had been attracted to me and I'd blown her off one time, like a girl, like she would be like, all right, whatever, I'm moving on yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. of my life. And so it didn't feel real and there were no stakes there. So I'm like, give me some tension. He Instead, he's like, she's constantly pursuing, constantly pursuing, and he's constantly just apologizing and apologizing. And there's no realistic narrative to be there for that whole, it felt very forced. Right. And that, that was kind of like the whole movie in a sense. Like even his relationship with Ned felt very forced. I didn't need a side character for Spider-Man to like, bounce his concepts and ideas off. I mean, he didn't just have Ned. He had the little computer thing in his, uh, I forget her name. Uh, the voice. He called it Karen. Yeah, Karen. And I thought Karen was the other thing that I laughed at a mm-hmm. bit, but I actually ended up getting really upset and kind of ticked off at how it was like this Iron Man-esque feel with the suit. Right. I'm like, I don't need Spider-Man to have Iron Man powers where he can like shoot out like different types of webbing. And, but like you, you said know, though, these, that like, was some of the funny stuff of the movie, like the kill mode yeah, engage and like... I, the first time, you know, but then yeah. they, they overplayed it. Like they kept going like, oh, the kill, engage kill mode, engage kill mode. And it's like, why do you keep trying to do that? Like that got old to me with all the different modes and all the different like, oh, he doesn't know how to control his different powers. He's going to shoot out a web that goes in like two directions instead of one or... Like, play that for a little bit, but don't, like... Like, I felt like that got played over the course of, like, 30 minutes. Right. So, it just got old to me, and it got very bland. Oh, the part where... um I did like the part where he was... And, like, this is the part I said earlier where I felt like it was telegraphed, where he's trapped in the... In the like warehouse or whatever yeah, for... the cleanup the group. Danger or the, uh, damage control. Damage control, and, yeah. um And... And like they do this play thing, it made it kind of briefly feel like you see this montage of things and he's there like all night. Right. And he's like, how long have I been here? He's like, 37 minutes. He's yeah, like, yeah, what? Yeah. You know, and then he freaks out. He's going to try and figure that out. I did enjoy that. It's <laughs> kind of funny to me, but at the same time, I, 
I, I, you were a hard one to please on this one. Yeah, it made I you expect, angry. Uh, the problem is, I expect more Marvel. I expect their. Well, this was a well, it's a Marvel film, but yeah. it was kind of under the Sony banner too. That's I mean, that's the first thing that pops. I could up. see this of a Sony ilk. You know yeah. what I mean? I could definitely see Sony doing this, and I think one of the reasons why maybe some of this didn't land quite so well is they've had they had six different. Uh, script writers, yeah, screenplay writers for this. Well, a lot of and I feel yeah. like there's because of that. There's elements that didn't, like there was no like setup and payoff, as like significantly throughout the film. Mm-hmm. There was a couple elements of setup and payoff at a couple of different spots, but yeah. for the most part, the setup would happen, and then there would be like an initial payoff, like a minute later. Yeah, you know, it, there wasn't really a long sense of like you know, building character progression. Like it didn't feel like the entire movie, like things were getting worse and worse and worse for Spider-Man. It felt like, you know, good things would happen, then bad things would happen, then good things would happen, bad things. And I don't know. So it just left me feeling a little underwhelmed. I will say this for everybody listening. When I was a kid, I used to imagine, oh, how cool it would be to have like Spider-Man, especially after the uh, 2002 movie came out, like, like, yeah. Like, I was like, that'd be so sweet. You could swing from buildings. I but I lived in the suburbs of Chandler. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't really, I, you know, I'd picture in my mind like this, like how cool would that be? I'm like, I wouldn't be able to do anything because I'd just be like <laughs> that was on a my funny scene. So there's a scene yeah. where they actually depict Spider-Man trying to do his Spider-Man thing in the suburbs. I thought that was funny. Yeah. He like goes to shoot his web on something and there's nothing there. And he's like, ah, oh. and so he just ends up running. You see him like running through sprinklers. And yeah. Stuff, I thought that know? was pretty huge. I didn't think the John Hughes thing was that funny. Like the play. Oh yeah. Of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah the Ferris Bueller's. Bueller's yeah. I've seen that parodied so many times. Right. You know? I think that's the really thing is it didn't feel a, a lot of the humor didn't feel innovative. It felt like, okay, we're very obviously going in this right. trajectory with things. I but, didn't really connect with a lot of the side characters. Aunt May is some weird thing now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even. Oh, she's May. Sorry, yeah. that was the other way. It was like they kept they kept instead of referring to her to Aunt May, we're like we're just gonna call her May now. Yeah. May, May. I'm like fully expecting in like the next Spider-Man movie for Aunt May to get superpowers. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like they'll probably give her like some exoskeleton suit. You're and, like, being May. You're being we'll be outrageous like, right no, now. No, I'm not being outrageous. <laughs> I'm like if they changed her character to this extent. No, Joel. Why wouldn't they give her superpowers? No, you know what they I mean? won't. I'm just saying, man. Okay, I will say this, though. They did address um, the thing that bothered me about the very first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, mm. and that's the spider that bit him got away in the right. first movie. And, and this one, it. he's like, there's like, he's like, you got bit by a spider. He's like, yeah. He's like, what if I got bit? He's like, it wouldn't happen. Plus, it, the spider's dead anyway. Right, but again, to me, if I hadn't seen the prior films, then why would I care? Like, I wouldn't be like that. I mean, that- It's they, like a one-second thing, Yeah, though. I know, but like, that's that's how the whole film, if you build a film on based upon- primarily like referential treatment to prior existing things then that doesn't build a can like a cohesive interesting type film for me this has mm. to film and it has to stick on the merits and of its own and i'm like i don't even feel like they need an origin story i think a lot of the heroes you don't necessarily need to know where their powers specific you don't have to like see where their powers came from but you have to know what the emotional stakes are that are building into this film and it didn't feel like there was any real stakes in that sense it mm-hmm. felt like they were just kind of like going for uh, well, we're going to play off a bunch of stuff that you already thought was happening with Spider-Man that's not that way anymore and kind of throw in some interesting aspects of like Tony Stark's character and different elements of the world. Like that was it. I just, it felt really flat to me. I, I, Man, Joel, I'm this, is, this, so this is, yeah, this is in your top 10 for sure. Not at all. The f- best of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, I don't know. I was expecting more from Marvel for a first go at a Spider-Man movie. I was really expecting more. I'm honestly really shocked to see that the reviews have this film as high as they do 
on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I expected there to be, I think, a bit more of a negativity towards it. Right. It so like I mean, everybody love it. Well, I, technically, that's what I'm saying I'm probably gonna get some real flack for being where I'm at. So it's Rotten Tomatoes doesn't work up based off of an average of scores. It's based off of what's fresh and what's not fresh. Right. So mo- this, what the 93 percent is saying is that everybody rated it 60 percent or higher. Right. So. I mean, everybody could have rated it sixty percent, which is technically lower than what you're rating it. So it's I get it. I, I'm just saying, like I I would have expected it to be, uh, I would have expected a lot more of like the high end, really like a tour critic type people that right. are out there to have a lot more issues with this film and to have rated it more commonly mm-hmm. lower. You know, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, I I understand it a little bit. Being I I understand being fresh. Because I don't think this is like a bad film necessarily. I just felt like it was flat and kind of boring, yeah. and it wasn't that funny. But I mean, they did a decent job presenting Spider-Man, and I, I'm interested in seeing him in the Avengers. But I'm not really all that interested in seeing him in like his own standalone film after this. You know, it was worth Wonder Woman. I'm like, I would love another Wonder Woman movie. Like anytime you can bring that out, as long as it's good. Like, but and seeing her as part mm-hmm. of the Justice League. So that was it. I was like, when they ended the film and they were like, he had to make the decision to be part of the Avengers or kind of do his own things, like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, I was simultaneously like it made sense. Like it made sense for why he would like want to stand on his own two feet and kind of, that's kind of his arc. Is yeah. that he needed to realize that like he's good enough as he is. Yeah. Um, but I was also simultaneously disappointed because I was like, well, it would have been kind of cool to actually have you in the Avengers because I feel like you've become more of a side character in your own film. Right. The characters in the film were more important around you almost than than you were of yourself. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, yep. Well, hey, it's all good. <laughs> Spoilers. Awesome. So with that, we're going to wrap up our conversation here on Spider-Man Homecoming, and we're going to move now into our tube talk segment uh, where we're going to be talking about a television show that just released on Netflix called Castlevania. So stay tuned. All right, welcome back to our Tube Talk episode, where we're going to be talking about the show that just released on Netflix named Castlevania. Matt, did you have a chance to uh, check this out at all? I had a chance to check out episode one. (laughs) Episode one, there you go. Yeah. Uh, So a brief synopsis on this, which I feel like if people aren't familiar with Castlevania, at least moderately so at this point, it would be very shocking. But uh, a vampire hunter fights to save a besieged city from an army of earth- otherworldly creatures controlled by Dracula. Right. Uh, so this is actually based upon a pre-existing series of video games. Yeah. Um, and the thing about that <laughs> is I don't think as of yet, personally, except for maybe... I can't think of any really, but there's never really been a a conversion of a video game, a successful conversion of a video game to like a film or a critically acclaimed version of uh, to a film or a television show. And uh, the reason that I was interested in this one, and I think maybe you as well, mm-hmm. and beyond just hearing getting it, it's getting some buzz and some some good ratings and stuff like that from yeah. certain critics and stuff, um, was because I. As a kid, I actually really enjoyed the Castlevania video game series. See, I never played them. You didn't play them? I didn't play them. I only played like the very first one for NES. And then when I got older, I I, like downloaded a couple different uh, of the like the sequels to them. And they were all pretty highly acclaimed games. They got a little bit worse later on in the series, but especially some of the earlier ones. And then Castlevania 3 in particular, which this one is pretty heavily, I believe, um, based on. They took a lot of elements out of that. Okay. 
to make this one. Um, that was very successful. It's considered one of the best games of all time by a lot of people. So, huh. um, right. yeah. So I was kind of interested because I am familiar a bit with that uh, series of games and uh, was hoping to see maybe uh, an opportunity where Netflix being kind of who they are and trying new different things and willing, willing to experiment um, was kind of maybe making something that was better than what I would expect. Um, and unfortunately it turned out really not to be the case. <laughs> for me, I don't know about you, Matt. Well, you're, you're you made it a little further than I did. Yeah, so I'm up to episode three. I haven't yeah. finished it. Um, this is a short run series. It's weird that they didn't actually present this in a film to me. I feel like they could have done a film one, film two, but they're mm-hmm. presenting it as a TV show with different episodes. Um, it's about thirty minutes long per episode, and it's animated as well, which I should state pretty clearly. Um, which that probably in and of itself will not make it for everybody. I think the 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 big detractors for this for a lot of people is they don't really care about the whole Dracula, Castlevania-type lore and mythos, right. um, which will probably detract for some people. And then additionally, the animation um, will probably detract for other people. But I, I was willing to overlook that in a lot of ways. I've, I've watched some animation. I'm not like a huge anime animation buff, mm-hmm. um, but I've watched a lot of like your more famous ones. We've talked about like Ghost in the Shell, and there's some other very famous Japanese series that I've kind of watched, just familiarized myself with because it's part of. Did you ever watch film. Naruto? I watched a couple episodes. Just I did. See what I like Naruto is. a lot. <laughs> is it Naruto? Or Naruto. I I don't know. I call it Naruto. I got you. Potato potato. No, I mean, when I was a kid, I watched uh, you know Dragon. That was Ball a while Z. ago. So when yeah. I fr- that was like one of the first one of the first cartoons I watched was Dragon Ball Z. I, I mean, as far as like oh, yeah, as far as like what could crossover is like an adult form cartoon, I should say, because that was kiddish, but it was still adult in right. in some in some aspects. So, um, with Castlevania, I didn't have super high hopes, um, but I was expecting maybe a bit more because it is getting some good critical reviews and some grid big critical support and I, the voice acting for this um which i think is one of the highlights uh richard armitage james callis graham mctavish um a bunch of other folks i'm not going to go in and, and list them all but i thought the voice acting was pretty good yeah i thought they did an effective job and i think that the things that i really liked about the series were one of the voice acting to the animation yeah was, animation was great it was great and really solid in a lot of ways um, and I liked the action. I felt mm-hmm. like all the action was like pretty epic and like, whoa, like what's going on? Yeah. Like, that's over the top and the, ridiculous. Um, and not just the voice acting as well, I should say, but also the sound design. Yeah. I felt like there was very good sound design, but the story in and of itself really ticked me off. I think I can't comment on the story. I'm not far enough into it. To I got really, you. So yeah. what, I mean, what are your initial thoughts? So my initial thoughts are, yeah, I, I got the setup. I saw episode one. Um, and I, just to let you know I'm going to spoil episode one a little bit it's it's Dracula and him basically losing the love of his life yeah. and then wreaking vengeance upon the city that took them away yeah so um, and like I said the animation is cool and I think the biggest thing that this has going for is this is just another step in the direction for Netflix to, to take a chance on a show that's something that's different um, something that's a little bit more mainstream Netflix that's going to be uber violent yeah. Um, uh, anime because I don't think there is anything like that right now. Yeah. Netflix is kind of a mainstream Netflix like. Yeah, they brought in I think a number of different actual Japanese anime series and they've started putting those on Netflix. Okay. Which okay. I think that's kind of new. I never used to see a lot. But of this them, but is original Netflix right. original. But this so. is a Netflix original series. Yeah. So I, I think that's cool in that in that sense. I can't comment on the story because they just set it up. Episode one is just the setup. And I guess Castlevania, since I'm not familiar, it's about the vampire hunter who's trying to find his way yeah. to him, I, which so I'm assuming Belmont. is a guy that gets like in a 
scuffle with Dracula at the, <laughs> kind of towards the end of the first episode? Um, Ish? No. No. So oh, Trevor okay. Belmont is this famous vampire hunter that comes from like this vampire hunter family. And oh, that's a guy that's in the pub or whatever. Right, at the very okay. end of the yeah. first episode, he's yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. that's in the pub and he's getting drunk. And uh, he plays a vampire hunter. Okay. And then in, depending upon which game you play, there's like a different cast of additional characters. There's like a, a sorceress girl. And there's right. like uh, his uh, Drac- Dracula's, I think, son as well. I think it's his son. Is it Draco Malfoy? Um, which is the guy that, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but that's the guy, uh, his, his name starts with an A, it's R or something or other, but that's the guy that you saw at the end of the first episode that he fights. That's his son. Oh, okay. Right. Gotcha, gotcha, So, gotcha. and he has, you know, vampire powers too because he's his son. Okay. Um. So, the, the, the story in and of itself at this point, and this is kind of the, where this thing kind of ticked me off, is like the whole season one plays almost as this like, like prequel to the actual events of like a normal Castlevania type, what 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 I would expect a Castlevania show to be about. Because the main premise of the games is that this guy Trevor Belmont is going in to fight and kill Dracula. Right. And there's this whole like maze. It's like the the Dracula's castle is like this maze, and it's filled with like monsters and all these different things and trials and you know things that he's got to figure out and traps and you know pits with spikes and things like that and he's got to like beat through these things and so i was expecting kind of this like epic like at times like metal like heavy metal like you know like violence and visceral and him fighting all these different crazy monsters and kind of falling for these tricks and traps that you know dracula's trying to throw at him and instead what i got is and this is oh this is another thing that just gets me so upset when they do this it's they're trying to like turn dracula into this relatable like, oh, well, he's just kind of misunderstood oh, like, really? guy. Yeah, okay. and I, I could care less about, you know, it was the same thing with Maleficent. Like, just make them evil. They're known as being these evil creatures. They can just exist in this world as an evil character. But instead, they're trying to create this, like, relatability because, like, oh, well, he was just misunderstood. They burned his wife at the stake because the evils of the church. Right. Which is, like, I've seen that happen so many, like, how many more witch trial type based stories do they have to tell before we're just kind of like okay have we i feel like we've oversold this whole story of like the church is evil and witch trials it's like i shouldn't be in my mind i shouldn't really be rooting for dracula right especially if it's based upon the castlevania games where the whole premise of the game is you're going into his castle to kill him like to destroy him because he's this evil guy and instead it's like well he's just kind of misunderstood like he's yeah he's doing evil stuff but it's because you did evil things first Mm -hmm. you know so I didn't like that. I didn't think that was very relatable. Additionally, I didn't like how this whole first season so far, I don't know how the third, sorry, the fourth episode is going to go, but I'm assuming it's going to be more of the same. Um, I'm not liking how the whole, like basically Dracula's in that first episode and then you don't really see him or hear from him again. And it's pretty much just about uh, Trevor Belmont and these people kind of fighting each other. It's all about people fighting each other. I'm like, it's about Castlevania. It's about this castle and where Vanius. Dracula, yeah, where Dracula <laughs> resides. It's about him going there. And it's like they built it up in that first episode. And I thought they were going to go there. But then they just make it this story about people that are like evil and bad. And so it's like there was no relatability. And I keep using that word today. But I'm going to say it because I think it works. It You're plays, grumpy today. I'm very grumpy today. <laughs> I haven't had my food yet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so Dracula is supposed to – Dracula is like they make him out to be like the most almost relatable of the entire story. Okay. The people that – 
do all these things that like Trevor Belmont's kind of like supposed to be like protecting and saving are all like hypocrites and like heretics and awful people. And so you can't really relate or enjoy any of their stories or like want to see them be, mm-hmm. so you're like almost like, okay, well I kind of understand why these people are getting killed right, right, by right. Dracula. And then Trevor Belmont's like this anti-hero where he's like, he's like a hero, but he's got all these elements to his your character where he's like a drunkard and he like, you know, he'll do whatever it takes. And yeah. he's kind of like an, like not a great guy, yeah. you know, and he'll, he'll kill people and whatever. And so there's like nobody, I'm not left with anybody in the story to really connect to. I'm like, if you had just given me Trevor Belmont as this character that I'm connecting to, and maybe he's like this OP, like overpowered, um, you know, primary protagonist yeah. and he can have like a bit of a darker edge and then just give me the opposite, the antagonist, which is Dracula and then, like, he's going to kill Dracula. And then you can give me elements of why maybe Dracula has a little bit of, like, righteousness to himself as that's going on. But don't, like, make it this story about stuff that has nothing. At this point, it really has nothing to do with Dracula. Okay. And that just kind of ticked me off. Gotcha. So yeah. I'm not there yet, but hey. Yeah. So It's sorry. good to know. Yeah. We it's talked good. about a lot. Um, it's funny. I refreshed the page. And as I refreshed the page, the rating for it went down. Oh, really? On it, yeah, it like, 7.9. Oh, so, okay. Um, so, yeah, with that, um, what... Do you want to give like a rating? My first, my first, uh, for the first episode for me, um, yeah, just because I feel like it was just set up and I have a lack of conclusion on that first episode or the season, I guess in general, I I would give it a, like a seven. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd give it like a, probably like a six, six out of 10. Okay. Um, I would say definitely an adult audience show. Yeah. A lot of brutality, violence, um, a lot of really crazy stuff happens in there. So yeah, parental advisory warning on that one. So Gotcha. Awesome. So with that, then we are going to go ahead and wrap things up on the podcast here today. I uh, want to give you some ways to get connected to us again. Uh, here at the end, you can ch- uh, definitely check out our website, which is realreviewmedia.com. Uh, get signed up for our newsletter. You can check us out on Facebook or Facebook, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. Also our Twitter our Instagram, which are both at Real Review Media. And yeah, as Matt said at the very beginning, we'd love to hear some different show ideas and something that maybe you'd like us to check out uh, that we haven't had a chance to yet or had a chance to review. Maybe we've seen it, but we haven't had a chance to review it yet. So uh, definitely send us an email. Let us know your thoughts. You can email us at realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Yeah. Awesome. So anything else, Matt? No, that's it. All right. Well, it's been real. It's been real.